Welcome back to the Facts About PACs podcast, brought to you by NAPAC, the National Association of Business Political Action Committees. I am your host, Michaela Isler, NAPAC's Executive Director. I am joined, as always, by notable NABPACer Abigail Cave. Hi, Michaela. It's good to be here today. And Adam Belmar from EFB Advocacy. The Facts About PACs podcast is produced especially for the members of the National Association of Business PACs. In every episode, we recap the association's latest activities, provide actionable intelligence for the PAC community, and strive to keep all of us connected and effective during this work-from-home period. So, Adam, who is our sponsor of today's episode? Michaela, today's episode of the Facts About PACs podcast is brought to you by Access Marketing Services. Access provides full-service creative marketing solutions backed by the industry's best data, polling, and engagement strategy to ensure you reach the right people the right way with the right message. Excellent. Thank you, Adam, so much. And really, thank you, Access. Uh, Such a great firm. I hope everybody checks them out, please. Coming up in just a few minutes, though, our conversation with John Mason, who is Senior Manager, Political Programs and Research for Altria Client Services. John is a board member at NAPAC and also co-chairs the association's Membership Recruitment and Retention Committee. We are very lucky to have him on our show today. But first, Abigail, we had uh, a lot going on again this week. We released our recent membership crisis survey. We also had our legal webinar where our members could join and ask Jan Barron from Wiley Ryan. Jan did a really good job of answering those questions and giving us a really good baseline for how to move forward as we don't know how long we're going to be in this situation. One of my favorite things he brought up was the fact that FEC is still expecting our filings. There's no extensions or anything like that. So we need to make sure we're filing things on time. We need to make sure things are accurate. If we need to file amendments, we need to be doing that on time. I mean, another thing you talked about was somebody asked the question, if we're not in the office picking up mail, does the clock start when we open the envelope or does the clock start when we get that 10-day window that you have to deposit your checks? Like, does that start when you open it or when it gets to the office? And essentially when it gets to the office. So we need to be getting in and getting our checks and depositing them as soon as we can. We'll be posting a lot of the questions that Jan was asked on our website, and we'll also uh, provide the link to the recording of that webinar so everyone can certainly take advantage of the information that he shared with us. The other thing he talked about too, Abigail, was legalities around virtual fundraising and what you can and can't do. And one of the things he talked about is really, at the end of the day, it's really no different than if you're doing an in-person event. Correct. He talked about how if the event is catered towards your restricted class, your PAC eligibles, then you have similar rules as if it was an in-person event. So you can use your company's assets, you can use your company computers, et cetera. But if it's not directed towards your restricted class, you need to be way more careful. And likely the candidate needs to be the one who's using their platforms to host it and your employees need to be using their personal computers, their personal devices to attend. And that really ties in nicely with even our conversation later that we have with John Mason and uh, what we're seeing from just virtual events in general right now going on. But also with our survey, as our members know, a couple of days after we all were in the work from home period, NAPAC did a survey focused on three areas of communication, candidate disbursements and solicitations and what everybody was doing in that moment. And so we've had an opportunity to resurvey our members, and it's been about six or seven weeks since that initial survey. 
And we actually have begun to see, it looks like maybe a little bit of an increase in virtual fundraising activity. In fact, in March, 54% of NAPAC members indicated that either they or another member of their team has now participated in a virtual fundraiser during this crisis. Abigail, what did you glean from the survey? I thought it was really fascinating. We've done a lot of discussion about communications and how we are interacting with our eligibles during this time. In the March survey, 78% of our members said they'd stay in contact with their members. However, uh, in this last survey we did, only 68% of our members have actually been following through with that. I also thought it was really interesting the content of the messaging they're using. In March, 50.8% of the respondents said that they were using most of their communications with surrounding the pandemic and legislation surrounding that. In this past survey, that number went up to 70%. So big jump there. And then their other one was pandemics and the organization government affairs surrounding that. And that was 66% in March and it's 85% now. So big jump. People are definitely focusing on coronavirus. Hopefully, the more that we push out information to our members around the importance of communicating to their PAC eligibles and their members, the more that they will be inclined to do it. As we mentioned last week, we're seeing more and more activity and no pushback from PAC eligibles and employees. I want to draw attention to a survey that BIPAC did in 2018. BIPAC is the Business and Industry Political Action Committee, and they've been for almost 20 years surveying employees on the information that they receive from their employers. And overwhelmingly, they as employees value that information that they are getting from their employer. From the survey, about 54% were led to learn more about the issues that the employer was assessing. Uh, And 44% were led to register to vote, actually. So I think at the end of the day, the information that they're getting is helping on sort of multiple levels. They're, They're more engaged on the issues, they're more engaged in getting registered to vote. 21% were actually led to contact their legislators. And then 21% were led to donate money to a person or the organization's PAC. So I think what you see from this survey is that the employees really do want this information as long as it's bipartisan and for informational purposes. Well, Abigail, thank you so much for your rundown of the survey and our legal webinar. And just as a reminder, we will have the recording of that webinar on our website uh, later this week. So now on to our big interview with John Mason. John, thank you so much for joining the Facts About PACs podcast today. Hey, 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 looking forward to chatting. Happy to be here. As everyone knows, John is on our NAPAC board of directors. He co-chairs a very important committee, our membership and recruitment committee, and we couldn't be more thrilled to have him with us today. So first and foremost, how are you doing during this time? I'm doing well, but like most people, uh, I'm ready for a haircut or a style. Um, You know, I think during this time, I've tried to stay, you know, as positive as you can, continuing to connect with family and friends. But most importantly, I've taken the time to kind of focus and create some clarity around my professional development and career goals. I have so many ideas, but sometimes I just don't have the energy to think through it. And this work from home has given me time and an opportunity to define what that is. So I'm, I'm doing okay. Good for you. That's really good. Well, do you think about your dual responsibilities at Altria? You oversee the political operations and you also lobby on key issues. I don't know how you keep it all straight during normal times. How have you been able to leverage each of those roles with your key stakeholders, both internally and externally? Best as I can, as best as I can. Um, You know, in my role, I have many hats, including PAC management, uh, lobbying, 
stakeholder engagement uh, and corporate social responsibility. Oh. So at times it does seem like a lot, I can't lie, um, but I take it as an opportunity to take the skills which uh, within each project area and drive success in my role. I think the greatness about the PAC community is that we all support each other. We all come from different places, from different work experiences. Um, and actually, you know, we all really manage a small business within our own companies. You know, that's what a, that's what a PAC is, uh, whether from a corporate or association perspective. You know, um, so I've taken those skills uh, of communication, critical thinking, collaboration, and leadership, and used them in my lobbying role to message our perspective on legislative and regulatory issues to stakeholders. You know, the PAC has shown me uh, and given me a voice in the room uh, and clarity on communicating with people from various backgrounds, which is what we do day in and day out from the PAC. Yeah, I think it's so important. I think PACs are in just such an important position at this point in time, and we have a role we can play within our own organizations and externally, as you were saying. How are you leveraging that in terms of the election coming up? How are you leveraging that in terms of interactions you're having with your PAC members? Great question, Abigail. You know, I'm continuing to engage them uh, and to participate. I think that's the key thing we have to do during this time. I know I call staffers uh, and members, you know, as I can or connect with them via email to one, share the work that our company is doing around uh, our COVID-19 response. Additionally, sharing our legislative and regulatory issues, which are still going to be here. You know, um, I think a lot of the conversation has led to what are you doing now? Uh, but I can tell you one thing that's happening and it's going to happen is the elections. We still have primaries being happening and we still have the general, which is going to come up. So I want to make sure that our employees and our company's voice is heard in the political platform. Absolutely. We keep saying November's coming. We got we to gotta keep involved, keep engaged. That's right. And John, I'm curious, what's the feedback that you're getting? I mean, we just talked about this BIPAC survey and that employees really want this information. You all have had a long history of engaging your employees. What are you hearing? What's the feedback? It's been pretty great. I will say this process uh, over the past few weeks can be challenging at times, but you got to keep moving forward. I've listened and I've chatted with my board of directors at my PAC. I've chatted with my ambassadors, my peer-to-peer -peer program and also some of my contributors, just to get perspective on what information they want to hear from the PAC and also how we can be and continue to be a strong information resource to them about political programs. The PAC is not just a government affairs initiative or tool, it is a company tool. And we wanna be inclusive of our employees because, hey, it's an employee-funded PAC and we need them to support us so that we can support our company. Well, switching gears just a little bit, uh, we are now entering a new era, as Politico recently reported, of fundraising with these $5,000 Zoom events, meditating with your congressman. We even have one that has his own distillery and is offering to share a tasting of their product. So. As you put on your lobbyist hat and you look at these virtual fundraisers, what are you seeing emerge in this space? 
Great question, Michaela. But I want to first commend you, Michaela, and the NAPAC team for the policy speaker series. That has been really a great opportunity to engage NAPAC members and continue to produce information that our membership can use. I've been involved in a few, you know, virtual fundraisers or political update calls, and they've all gone pretty well. I think one key thing as you do these virtual calls is to know who's on the call. That is one key step that you can do. Continue to engage the member during the call. Don't be silent, you know, talk to them about what your company is doing, what you're doing during this time frame, And especially if that is a member that represents a footprint area for your company. I think we're all starting to get used to the idea of virtual fundraisers. Unfortunately, it's gonna be here for a little bit of time. So we all need to take advantage of the opportunity. But one key thing is in order to keep our voice strong in this process, we need to participate. We need to be on these calls. There's one thing that I think we can do is lean in more than ever now, because those legislators are going to remember who was there and engage with them during this time of COVID-19. Could not agree more. We've been saying that for weeks. And as we look at Abigail, some of the financial reports coming out, we need to be thinking about where as a community we can step in and really showcase who we are and why we're important to the political process. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. GovPredict put out a study earlier this week about how fundraising has been going in the 2Q numbers compared to 2016 and 2018. And they compared January to March, because usually January is kind of like your your baseline. February hopefully is a little bit stronger than most campaigns have a huge bump in March, right at the end of the, the quarter. And in 2016, it was a presidential cycle, so definitely a little bit different. Their March numbers were four times their January numbers. In 2018, March was three times their January numbers. But in 2020, March has only been 69% higher higher than the January numbers, which is just baffling. And essentially, individual giving has completely dropped off. And PACs are honestly sustaining campaigns right now. And I've said it the last two weeks, and I'll say it again, like this is an opportunity for PACs to get in there and represent their members well and exert the influence they have and talk to members of Congress. Well, as we know, the November elections will be here before we know it, as you said, John. And how can NIPAC members best prepare to ensure that the collective business PAC voice is heard? As best as possible, continue your PAC operations. If you can support, uh, support these candidates because the ones that are elected are going to be in that legislative body. I think doing some scenario planning right now is something that people can do to identify uh, weaknesses and strengths in their own campaign, uh, in their PAC, tools that they can strengthen. I also think that you can work with different areas in your business to develop strategies to engage members, whether it's doing pack match, whether it's doing candidate events, whether it's doing idea sharing. I think this opportunity presented more time for inclusion, and that inclusion will lead to strong business results as you engage these candidates who are running for public office. So don't stop. Keep doing what you're doing and move forward as you can. I understand that everybody is in a different place and I respect that, but I do think we do have a great opportunity to lean in, to share the perspectives of our company or our employees and create a better situation for success in the future.
Well, thanks, John. I want to thank you first for your leadership within NAPAC and within the PAC community. You really are doing a great job, and we thank you for being with us today. And thank you to all of our listeners for your positive feedback. Continue to share your ideas and suggestions for future topics, guests, and shows. Serving you and your needs is what we're all about here at NAPAC. So as always, stay safe, stay engaged, and keep moving forward.